Welcome to Matetuo, the teaching ministry of John Codiel. Matetuo in Greek means to make a disciple. If you look at um, the revivals in the past, there were there were a result of mainly prayer by people whom no one knows of, but only God knows who they are. In other words, there were two old ladies praying for, I think, the Welsh revival. Do you understand? We don't know their names, but they prayed and guess what? There was a revival that ate the land. All the bars were closed down. Do you understand? So, before that prayer happens, there has to be unity. And that is where the Word of God comes into play. That unity, if it's not there in our lives, meaning if we are pulled here and there by our flesh, we cannot pray. Because we pray only as we require or our requirements are. But we need to pray the move of the Lord on the land, on people that we may not even like. When you think about Jonah, he didn't go to Nineveh because he didn't like them. He didn't want to repent. He didn't want them to repent. And when they repented, he was not very happy. So we must have a heart that is from God. And understand the closer you get to God, the more heavier the responsibility is in your head, on your head. What do I mean by that? Moses lost entry into the promised land because he made a mistake, a silly mistake of beating that rock. But that cost him so much because he was so close to God. He shouldn't have done that. So what I'm trying to tell you is that there is a price to pay. Count the cost, Jesus said. If you're here only because of itching ears, they'll cost you. Do you understand? But if you're here for the will of God, there'll be rewards for you, both here and eternally. God is not a punisher, but a rewarder. Am I clear? I didn't plan to speak on all of this, but the Lord reminded me of that. There is a purpose for everything that is happening to us if we yield to His purpose. God is able to use that. A car you know, on a racetrack, when it's refueled, they make the few they make sure that the fuel is unadulterated. That what goes into the engine is right and proper. 
like if you tried some of the pumps earlier in the city when you go there you were not sure the fuel was adulterated or not do you understand just like that a church needs to be pure so what goes against unity has to be taken out of the church paul spoke about that and jesus said he will build this church so these issues confront each and every church and how they handled will dictate how useful the church is to the lord did you understand meaning when the wheat and the tares present themselves what do you do do you as a pastor do you dictate do you allow your ego to decide for you or do you allow the word of god to decide for you do you understand that will if you that will determine the course of that church if it's an ego thing it'll go according to the how the pastor wants maybe it will survive another generation but on you'll find that third generation finds it totally useless or it becomes a religious edifice but if it's a will of the lord it will serve its purpose so every church faces these issues and we have to solve it according to the word of god why i'm saying that is because this is a topic that i've had to deal with which is not commonly spoken or understood by church members they think that the pastor should be all good that i agree with that but what is good your definition of good could be different from my definition of good do you understand your definition of what a pastor or a priest should be would be different from what a, what my definition would be that's why the bible says very clearly what our jobs are what our roles are do you understand so let's go to 1 corinthians 5 1-5 it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the gentiles that a man has his father's wife and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you for i indeed as absent in body but present in spirit have already judged as though i was i were present him who has done who has so done this deed in the name of our lord jesus christ when you are gathered together along with my spirit with the power of our lord jesus christ deliver such a one to satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the lord jesus yes so here there's the the here's paul admonishing correction to one of the churches 
Do you understand? So he's telling the church to deliver such a person to Satan. What is he doing? There's sexual immorality. I spoke about that in length earlier. Let's go to 1 Timothy 18 to 20. 1 Timothy 18 to 20. 1 Timothy 1, 18 to 20. 1 Timothy 1, 18 to 20. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, that some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hermenius and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Yes, so here again, Paul is writing about people whom he delivered to Satan. What does that actually mean? Does Satan show up at the church and say to Paul, hey, do you have someone that you need to deliver today? Is there a delivery today? No, obviously not. Yes, this, you have to understand the kingdom of God, which I'm teaching. This kingdom of God, which now is for the lack of a better term, a church. Now, do you understand the gathering of believers in whom? In Christ Jesus. Yes? Who has reconciled us to our Father. Yes? And he's looking to that. But he's not going back to his original plan on looking at the Jews. Do you understand? While the church is not a substitution for the Jews, Jesus is a substitution for our sins. So that we are reconciled to our Father. Do, do you understand? So, so there is that you can say the gaze of the Lord or the light of the Lord upon this church. During the time of Exodus, when the plagues are hitting the Pharaoh, do you understand? You find that there was light only in where the Jews were. The rest of the area was surrounded by darkness. Darkness you could feel. Imagine a scenario like that, where the church is under the light of the Lord. The rest of the area outside the church is in, under darkness and is under the rule of Satan. So handing someone to Satan is likened to or akin to or is, is the same as kicking someone out of the church. When you're out of the church, you're out of the light, you're out of the protection of God. Am, am I clear? Yes? So what happens to you? You're outside the protection. And then Satan can attack you. But who has saved you? Jesus has saved you. So it's not up to the pastor to decide whether you would lose your salvation or not. So if Satan kills your body and you're outside the church, you're still saved, yes? Or you come back to church. Do you understand? 
you're still say you're saved yeah do you want do you understand so salvation is a different level but if you commit sexual immorality in in this case yeah your pastor decides that you're out of this church or excommunicated am i clear but your salvation is not a pastor's decision am i clear on that yes yes now the problem with excommunicating somebody nowadays is that if i kick them out of this church they'll just go to the next church that's why some pastors said don't take this person into a church one pastor actually gave that warning when i started the ministry so i was wondering why they would do something like that when i took the person out the another person told me no the that this per, this uh, pastor had warned not to take them into the church within a year i found out why he said that do, do you understand why because i had to kick them out of this church also do you understand for the lack of authority yes so the kingdom of god or the church and the kingdom of the world versus the kingdom of the world yes the kingdom of the world is regarded as being under the control of satan yes do you understand and to exclude man or human being from the kingdom of god is to hand someone over or abandoning someone over to satan that's excommunication yes this is not done through some magical incantation but expelling a man from the church do you understand to exclude him from the fellowship of the believers one person when i kicked them out immediately went to anu for fellowship anu didn't know anything at that time and she offered that fellowship whereas from the church that person is kicked out do you understand so to expel him or her was to put him out into the devil's territory yes so severe so they are severe from any connection with god's people do you understand so then either they'll seek in the sinful desire or they'll come out out of that because of repentance but it doesn't affect their salvation the salvation is caused by the lord yes so paul had excluded these two men from the church which was considered a sanctuary from satan's power am i clear so far yes why did paul kick them out or give hand them over to satan and one there's sexual immorality yes and the other one which is very clear so that what whom i deliver to satan so that what they may learn not to blaspheme so there are reasons do you understand yes 
Am I clear so far? Someone could say that they worship Satan. But as a pastor, if I know their heart and they do not, and I know that they do not know what they mean when they say that, do I kick them out of the church? Obviously not. Do you understand? But another person could say yes, pastors do everything, but not follow God's authority. That person, I have no choice but to kick out. Whether they say yes, pastor, no pastor, or three bags full pastor. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes? Because they are blaspheming the name of the Lord God by being their own authority. Am I clear? Yes? Go to 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 2. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses come with these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Yes, so it's up to Timothy to decide who he's going to commit to because he has, he has to find them faithful. So if, they, if he doesn't find them faithful, then he doesn't commit that. So it's Timothy's choice. Am I clear on this? Yes. So in the so to find who is faithful and what is faithful, there are standards or principles given in the Bible. He who is faithful with little is faithful with many. Yes. Do, do you understand? If you're faithful with your calling in one land, you'll be faithful with your calling. If God moves you to another land. Do you understand? Uh, earlier, when we used to have one room, like I, I don't think we had kids at that time, I used to tell Anu, if you're faithful to this room, God will give you a house of your own. God counts or looks that at that. That is a standard, yes? But basically here, Timothy decides who is faithful or not. And he knows the standards, he knows what the Lord speaks to him about. Do you understand? If 10 people tell that, ah, this person is faithful and he doesn't find that to be true, he'll decide. Do you understand? Yes. Am, am I clear so far? Yes. So, I'm talking about revival. And, and the see, fear of man is a snare. This fear can take different forms. I've seen it in different pastors. When I asked one pastor to train me, he said, no, people will re re reject you because he had wanted me to be general secretary of his church. And I didn't want to be general secretary and I didn't show up at that registration. So later I just said, teach me. Do you understand? Train me, yeah? But then he said, no, what do people say? That is also a fear of man. Do you understand what I'm saying, yes? That is a snare. So you don't do anything to please other men. You do to honor God. Do you understand? That includes 
who will lead worship what will happen all that god tells you because it's his church am i clear on what i'm saying yes so now this word has no uh, we normally call it heresy but it, it has different i don't know uses and different meanings and different words even but what is it the bible actually say about it because you have to understand what heresy is do you understand because like many people they don't understand what it means what is heresy do you understand is when you call someone a heretic what does it actually mean Well, you only way to find out is what the Bible actually means, says about it. Am I clear? Yes. So let's go to Acts twenty-four, verse fourteen. But this I confess to you that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. Yes, in your Bibles, because you're using the New King James version. says the way which is called the sectius in the king james version actually the way is a bunch of heretics do you understand the way is what we say as christians but it was known as the way then do you understand so jews viewed christians as heretics and it's the same word as a sect do you understand yes that means what it's not true in its form it has all the fittings of what is real but is not real am i are you getting a picture of what it is yes so jews are saying yes that you know it looks real but it's not because you following jesus and therefore you are a sect or you are a heretic am i clear go to 1 corinthians 11 9 corinthians 11 19 i'm sorry 1 corinthians 11 19 for there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you yes for there must also be factions that means what divisions yes but the word used is the same as heretics there must be heretics among you that means they are not what causes divisions your agenda that means what you are not following the authority of god am, am i clear on what i'm saying yes do you, do you understand If you go to the King James version, for example, it says that so there must also be heresies or heretics among you. Do you understand? We're studying one word, heresy. Yes. Go to Galatians five nineteen to twenty. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. 
selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Yes. So heresy is a work of the flesh. It's not the fruit of the spirit. Yes. Do you do you understand? Yeah. So you you understand being a her heretic or a heresy is not something good. You knew that already by the nature of the word. Yes, but we have to understand this biblically. Yes. Go to two Peter one to two. 2 Peter 2, 1 to 2. Yes, there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Yes. So... Here, what are they doing? They're doing the same thing that this, that made what Paul kicked those people yes, out of the church, yes? That blaspheming God. So you're supposed to click, kick false teachers and prophets out of the church. Instead of that, we keep all the false teachers and the false prophets and we kick the sheep out whom we think are heretical. Remember they're leaders and they're followers. You call to kick whom the leaders out. The followers will have a thousand million questions. Am I clear on what I'm saying? Yes? Hey for like a follower could say he or she worships Satan. I worship Satan. So when a person told me that, I said, how is it going for you? Do you understand? <laughs> because in the heart, they could be genuine or they could not know. That's what I'm saying. But the Lord knows our hearts. He's given us the word. And we are called to bring ourselves under the word. And through that word, we have faith in Jesus Christ. And he reconciles us to our father. Yes. But if there are follower in my example, they will, they should eventually come to that conclusion. But if they're a leader and they're talking nonsense about this, kick them out. Is that clear? When I asked someone to stand on the word and believe in the word for my healing they did that for two or three months and after the third month when they found out that they require some more work or they is not working according to them they started pointing their finger at me do you understand and I told them to get out basically because they they, they set themselves as leaders. Do you understand? We are not talking about people who are genuinely, genuinely mistaken. Do, do, do you understand? Because they know that this is their doctrine, that that's what they follow. 
Do, do we try to warn them? Do you understand? Yeah? So, you deal differently with those who cannot be taught. Who are resisting what you are teaching them. Nowadays, when you kick a person out of the church, they'll go to the next church. Or they'll go to the next church. And a pastor or someone will be very happy if their seats are filled. Or they'll get more money. Do you understand? The love of money is a way, is a root of evil, yes? Do you understand? So deal differently with those who cannot submit to authority. You kick them out, yes? Kick them out, why? So that the leaven does not spread. Because it's spiritual. So that this rebellion does not spread. Do you understand? And the fear of the Lord will take care of that. Am I clear on this? Yes. So this must be done if you are to have unity. And you must have unity and the fear of the Lord to have a revival. Am I clear? Without that, you're wasting your time. Do, do, do you understand why I said all that I said? Yes? This recording is meant to teach God's Word with clarity and simplicity. Thank you for listening.